When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. All right. There it is. We're live. We are live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Relationship Theory. You're sitting very strangely. Um, yeah, I'm sitting. I just just in the beginning. Me. I don't know. <laughs> I was there to press the button, and now now we're we're in position here. We are. Okay, so we're gonna kick it off. We're gonna be taking your questions. So welcome. Drop them in. This is gonna be amazing. Yeah, let's do uh, it. Yeah. Hi guys. Um, okay, so um, submit your relationship questions. I know you already said it, but we're answering live, so drop them in the comments below. Indeed. And um, also put your notifications on so that you guys know when we are live. I always point up here, I have no idea where the actual button is, but let's pretend it's up That's here. That's right, in, in the main apps, I actually point like this, and then, and then we've created a little box oh, yeah, that yeah. actually points to where it is. So All right, so kick off with would you rather. All right, people, answer with us. Would you rather move in with your partner after only one date or go an entire decade without living together? Well, if you had your way, we would wow. have moved in very quickly. Yeah, but not after the first date. No, but we were probably like... This this question is meant to destroy relationships. <laughs> Either way you choose, you lose. So the honest Ooh. answer is mm. because I don't think the relationship... <sighs> There's a lot of sign there, Billy. I know. Here, oh God. So... This is you and I knowing what I know now, or like back in the, the day. Question. All right, you so can't, you don't know here's me the now. reality: after a single date, because that way the relationship will either implode or it will become the strongest relationship of all time. Because you had to deal with some really intense shit mm. right out of the gate. Um, I would say a decade, because I can always hang out at your place and stay the night. But I think after one date, 
I would, everything that you did that would be weird, like it would be so heightened for me and then feeling trapped. Like I can't, I don't know you well enough to then talk to you about it. Like it would just, for the first, like I think six months, I would have utter anxiety. You have just seen our personalities at work. <laughs> this Hence is, when you ask and an absolute move. microcosm of what actually happened so in, in our fact, relationship. Yeah, exactly. So we, do you want to tell the story quickly? No, please. Go uh, ahead. Okay. So um, we had actually just met. We'd been dating for about a month. I had to go to England um, because of visa reasons. I came back um, because you got me a job on a film set, as a, um, working on a film set. So he said, well, instead of wasting money, why don't you just come and stay with me? Well, yes. I mean, we'd been dating for a month. We've been we did, dating for months. Well, we were with each other for a month in each other's space. But then I went to England. So then you invited me back. So and, dating here, I go there, spend time with you, come back, yeah. we're dating, yeah. and then you come back. Yeah. So months but you're the, and See, you can tell. This is the argument we had. So he, you basically loved... You wanted me to be there. I was worried that I'm coming to America. I always like to hedge my bets on being somewhat careful with things like that. I didn't really like know you well enough to go, well, you may turn into a psychopath. And so if that happens, now I'm living at your place. And so um, I think it's best I get my own place. And then if I want to stay every night at your place, then I'll stay every night. And you actually got upset with me initially because I didn't stay with you. You took that personally. Yes. Which is, by the way, the only way to take it. But if I had the mindset that I have now, then yes, I would not have been traumatized. I would have seen it from your perspective and been totally fine with it. But obviously it triggered insecurities, which then made me feel like, whoa, are we not on the what same page? What insecurities did it trigger? That we weren't on equal footing. Because by that point, we were already saying, I love you and like all of that. This wasn't like, you know, some girl I was dating. Right. You were the only person I'd ever said I love you to. Hmm. So for me, it was like, well, then is this not where I thought it was? That's interesting. I didn't know that. There you go. All there right. it is. All right. So we're going to do off a fan kickoff question. This is from Lindsay Schutz. I'm sure I'm butchering the last no, name. I think you got I've it. Been married for, I've been married five years and we're finally making strides to live a more fulfilled life. How do I help my husband feel supported when he... Um, when we have been in the roles of me being the breadwinner and him as working from home and stay-at-home father. He is so amazing, but his confidence has been low. Yeah, I think the answer to this is a whole lot of communication. So figuring out what is it that's making his confidence low, and if I had to reach into the ether, I'm guessing it's somewhat of a taboo conversation. And it's either taboo in that straight up, she doesn't want to bring it up or acknowledge that she can tell that that's where um, his confidence is, or if she does bring it up, that he shuts down in some way and pushes back and either denies or just says, I don't want to talk about this or whatever. I could see how he would be flustered by that because it's going to force him to face that he's not and I'm very much prognosticating here, which is dangerous, but that he's not feeling good about his role as a man, as a contributor to the family by being the stay-at-home father, which is a very difficult role for most men to assume if that's not what they grew up with, right? So if they've had an example of this, somebody that is a very strong, powerful, confident man and also happens to be a stay-at-home father, then they can model after that. Mm -hmm. But if they've never seen that, that that's going to be pretty difficult. So they're going to need to be able to talk about it. They're going to need to be able to work through identifying the reality of what's triggering him with no judgment, 
on his own behalf or on hers to actually figure out what's going on. Once you know what's going on, then we can speak to it. So if it's staying at home and watching the kids makes me feel like less of a man, it makes me feel effeminate, whatever, without judgment, then, then you can process through that and either help him see that that's not true or help him find avenues that make him feel that, um, getting him models that he can look at and go, you know, hey, I really dig that, or finding an alternate path. Like if he's not happy in that role, what can you do to make sure that your kids are well taken care of, but that he's also doing something that empowers him? Well, we kind of went through that. We didn't have kids, but when we were getting married in London, you couldn't really work. And so for um, six months, we knew we were gonna get married in London, and then we were gonna move to the States. So for six months, I was working at a car dealership as a receptionist. And I was just like trying to earn money to bring in so that we could save up. And you were staying at home. Now, we didn't have kids, but you were at home. I was coming home every lunchtime. And it was kind of, we had discussed like, okay, well, if I'm out working and I come home, then you're gonna be make, like, make sure that I've got my lunch and you're gonna be facilitating that. Um, but I didn't realize how much that bothered you until you had a growth mindset and was, were able to articulate it. So what were you going through? And then how does somebody, like maybe it's the wife or the partner that maybe not be aware of it? Like how do, if I could go back now, I wish I had known so I could help you get out of that like sadness that you're in. Yeah, and I honestly, it would have been very difficult for you to get me out of that sadness because looking back at, at what needed to happen. So first of all, I had a very traditional view of the man works and takes care of the woman, which is then immediately when we got back to the States and I was able to work, that's what I did. And I took a lot of pride in being able to provide for you and that you didn't have to work. So that was my mindset when I'm not working and you're out working, I want to be the one working. And, and that also remains a part of my belief system about, about something about myself that I value, which is when I say, oh, if you were hurting or whatever, I would take that on myself. I really would. And I believe that when there is physical suffering to be done, that I'm always the one that should be doing it. So moving heavy things and doing stupid manual labor, if it has to be done, then I want to be the one to do it. Because that's the belief system you have. Correct. Okay. Just about the roles that we play in this right. world. So assume this guy has that belief system as well. Yeah. So that's going to be part of what he's struggling with is she's out doing something that she probably doesn't love. I mean, if she's fulfilled and she loves it, then it's totally different. You very much were not. It was like a mechanical need to go and get the money. You hated your job. And so that, that's the framework with which I'm walking into it. Now, the real problem was that I was lazy as all fuck. It was an atrocity. I, like, was, this was the period that I've talked a lot about where I was laying in bed for hours and hours and hours at a time that it was only the red hot poker of shame that made me finally get out of bed because if I didn't get out of bed, you were actually gonna come home at lunch and catch me still in bed, which is like absolutely crazy. So I wasn't like going hard trying to make my dreams come true and busting my ass and like leaving it all out on the field. Like when I think about how I play now compared to then, fucking ridiculous. So what I honestly needed at that moment, and this is just the truth. Yeah. I needed somebody and I would have rejected it coming from you but I needed somebody to be like, motherfucker, get off your ass. You are wasting your time. You are wasting your life. This is not who you're capable of being. And you need to get the fuck up, get some discipline, man up, and like make use of 
every moment. You've got a dream. You're preaching this dream that you have. You're doing fuck all to make it a reality. And shame on you for that. And that's ultimately the realization that I had, which then starts this whole like groundswell of me doing something with my life that culminates with where we are now. But like, and unfortunately, I needed that time to be deeply ashamed of myself. And in being shamed of myself, in actually experiencing that pain of feeling like I have swindled this woman and she has agreed to marry me on the promises that I'm ambitious, and but I'm not doing anything about it. And all the bullshit that I want to tell myself, I'm just not doing anything. And so like whatever rationalizations I was using, they were all crazy. But even now hearing that, you're saying you couldn't have heard that from me. No, so because you would have triggered really, my insecurities in the most like aggressive way possible. So now that possible. really makes it difficult because then if what would I do? I mean, here's what I would try to do if I knew it. I would try to motivate you. I would. It would fail. Yeah. There is an answer though. Oh. Would you like it? I would actually <laughs> lean forward a bit. I think we're... Um, what we really need to do is pull that closer. Yeah. Um, so the, the solution is that first you have to agree on terms. You I have to, like yeah, you have to lay the groundwork. Once you agree on like what's important, what's our belief system and doing that, then you're just asking questions about whether or not the person is being congruent with that. So essentially you would lay out the principles of a growth mindset, assuming that you have them. You would lay out the principles of a growth mindset, get me to agree with that, which you can do through relatively basic yes and no questions. So do you believe that you can grow and develop? Is so, that... as, so I should be asking you this. Correct. Okay. So rather than trying to motivate or inspire yeah. me or tell me that like it's okay and you don't mind like going out and making the money, forget all that. So one, you would have to be aware of what's actually happening, which is what I just walked through, mm -hmm. which is... I think pretty universal for somebody if they're not feeling good about that space chances are that's where they're at they're, they feel like they have more to give and for whatever reason they're not giving it and get them to agree that they can grow and adapt I won't waste our time going through real time all the questions but there's right. just a list of very okay. simple questions that you would ask somebody to get them to agree that humans can change they can evolve they can improve and get better okay well if we can agree on that then basically why aren't you doing that and let's put a plan together where you're actually doing that, where you're making use of your time and you'd get them to agree that making use of their time towards their goal is what makes sense for themselves. You'd get them to agree that fulfillment often comes from suffering. It comes from going very hard for something that you really believe in to the core of your being and making sure that they're doing all that. That is the only way out. So it's not easy, it's fucking hard. And there's gonna be so many landmines in that, so many moments of pushback. If it's handled wrong, you'll trigger their insecurities, they'll raise their defenses, all of it. But it's real. Mm. That was a real answer. Bravo. Thank you for that. There's a fucking book in that, by the way. Yeah. Like you could literally write a whole book uh, well, about that Well, the great news moment. is we've recorded it. So let's get that transcribed, throw it into a book, there and there you go. Um, all right, guys, we're answering questions live, so put them in the comments below. Next question. This is from Pard Guru. These, uh, there's a strong stigma attached to income and who is earned by who it's earned by in a relationship. The term breadwinner gets thrown around like it's a title in a relationship. Does it really matter who earns more when the point of a relationship is respect and appreciate each other for who they are and what they do? So I'm going to answer it from my perspective because I really struggled with this when we started Quest. So 
we started Quest, we saved every penny, we sold one of our cars, put a house on the line, everything was on the line. I started working for Quest, we, I was helping build, or I built the um, shipping department. And there was a moment where we started having enough money in the company to start bringing in new employees. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. So we had enough time to bring in, uh, enough money to bring in people. So we were hiring and we were hiring more and more people, more and more people in my, um, in my crew. And it kind of all started where I was like, I was just going to help you out. Like there was no massive transition where I was like, now I'm going to be a female entrepreneur, right? It wasn't like that. It was, all right, babe, I'll help. I'll ship boxes from the, the, the rug. And then, okay, I'll help and so on and so forth. So it got to a point where now Quest was having a lot of, um, having income, sorry, money. And I turned to you and I was like, I, th I want a salary. And you're like, but if we give you a salary, that's one less hire we can do, which is one less way to help the company grow. Um, you need to think of the long game. And I remember you kept saying, like, you have to think about what Quest is going to be like in 10 years. And, you know, that's what we need to go for. And we don't need the money. We're, ha we're living very happily as we are now. And I remember, like, at the time, it meant so much to me. Like, it was like, but I feel like, and like, because you were getting a salary, right? The partners, you and your partners were all getting salaries. So here I was, I was busting my eye ass working 12, 14 hours a day, just as much as you guys. And I wasn't on the salary. And he kept saying like, but it doesn't make sense. And for me, it was a value. It was like, but this means that I'm bringing value to the company. And it was a whole self-esteem thing for sure. And you were really good at just, you didn't just go, okay, fine. You kept pushing me and you said, but what is the goal? If the goal is the company and to grow it, you're holding it back because now this is a salary we can't. And we kept going and every so often when I would start to feel insecure, either with my position or how I was handling things or my department, and every time I felt insecure, I remember I kept coming to you and saying like, but I think I should have a salary. And then as Quest got so big, it was actually, I then flipped a switch and I was like, I actually don't want a salary because I'm enjoying it so much. I worried that if I now got a salary, we would change our lifestyle. Our lifestyle would then, um, right, that, that bar of how much you can kind of live on, that that would change. And then I felt like I'd be stuck to a salary. So I remember once Quest had shit ton of money I was like I don't want a salary because not earning money is actually my way of saying do I like what I'm doing or not because if I don't I'm just gonna you're gonna hire someone else fill my position and I'm gonna leave and that way I wasn't beholden to money anymore so I went from one extreme to another about being the, like let's say the breadwinner or at least participating in bringing money to the table and for the record, I did offer to reduce my salary oh, yeah, and bless give her did. Well the done. amount that she wanted. He literally was record. like, I'll cut my salary in half. You take half and I'll take half. But I was like, but that's the same thing. He's like, yeah, but if it means that much to you. Oh, sorry, I forgot that. That's actually really sorry. true. Because he was like, if it means that much to you, then you, sh then you should. Yeah. And I, but like now when I look back, I'm like, I don't, I'm so glad I didn't take a salary because when I went from shipping to the media department, it was because I really was like, I fucking hate the shipping job now. Mm. And like, I'll go back to square one. I'll go back with no employees. I'll build a studio. But that decision was purely based on how I was feeling versus the money that was coming in because we weren't relying on it. You obviously didn't think twice about it. So that's at least my take on how I was feeling about bringing money to the table or not. But for you, you, I think, yeah, would have had a hard time if it was me making all the money and you not. 
Yeah, I mean, look, this is an insanely complicated issue, and I'm in the mood today to just deal with the real shit, so I'm going to give you the real shit right now. That's what Michio Kaku does to you? That's what he does. Um, the outside world looks at you a certain way, and you... I, I am very calculating in my decisions. And so it would be... Um, it's powerful to make a certain amount of money, to be at a certain economic level, and to be in a position where I was staying home and not generating income. I know how that changes not only my perception of myself, but other people's perception of me. And we can argue about whether it should be that way or not, and it shouldn't be, but it is. And so dealing with the world the way that it is, rather than the way that you want it to be, like pre-Uber, one of the most impactful things that I did in terms of um, getting our employees excited about the growth of the company was get a nice car. I don't give two shits about cars. But people saw that and there was a certain hmm. cadre of people that then really got hungry in the company and wanted to like move up. And one of them in particular went from working the line to being one of the executives in the um, production because he was like, Dude, I see that this is working. I see all your ideas and philosophies. They're real because there was something tangential or tangible for him to see and grab onto. And so like some of that stuff is just real. It has real psychological impact on the person and on the outside world. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I don't think that this is like one of those things that is of no import. Yeah. So it's like money in general. People are always going to chase money, always and forever, because money actually has real power. So anyway, I haven't done a great job of explaining it, but I'm committing to shorter answers. That's so, fair. The one period. thing I do want to add, though, with this question, when it says, does it really matter who earns more than the um, more the when the point of a relationship is respect and appreciate each other? And I totally agree. I think you do need to absolutely appreciate each other, and um, you need to talk about how that makes you feel when one's a breadwinner and one's not. But like I, even back in those days in London, where you were sitting at home miserable, you know, in bed, like I had utmost respect for you like I never didn't not respect you and go that fucking lazy ass always in in bed like I so didn't think like that you know I just I thought this is we've decided as a couple to do this together and this is the path we're taking so for me I 100% you need to respect your partner no matter what you decide as a couple agreed but it matters to the person to the person right I should say if it matters to the person don't pretend that it doesn't matter sure so like when you issue. wanted 100%. That's you respecting yourself. Like, I don't respect myself for not being the breadwinner. Uh, I'm saying something slightly different. So, like, the point is to respect and all of that is real. I'm just saying when somebody has an insecurity, you need to accept that yes. that's there and yes. that it's a real insecurity yes. and you need to address it. Yes, 100%. 100%. Um, all right, next question. This comes from Kevin Bovee. Is it right... Is it right that a woman working 40 hours a week, five minutes away from home, expects her husband who works 50 hours a week, an hour away from home, to do equal amount of household work, dishes, laundry, etc.? I love this question. Um, so I don't think it's about whether it's right or wrong. I think it depends on who you're doing it for. So if your wife, because I'm like this, um, I want a clean house, I want it to be tidy, and so initially I had asked it be 50-50, right? Like if I'm doing this, then you do that. If I'm doing this, then you do that. And eventually it came down to what you had said to me is like, but our goal that we've decided as a couple is to create this business, right? Is to do X, Y, and Z, to 
build quest, whatever it was. Um, and so if I'm going to do that, me doing the laundry, me doing the dishes does not move us together towards our goal. So if you want, you're the one that wants the house clean. You didn't give a shit. You're like, I don't care. I'll eat off paper plates. Literally, he still now will eat out of with plastic forks and paper plate because he's like, I don't care about the dishes. If you want to eat on proper dishes, then you tidy it up. I'll support you. Like, I'll I'll cheer you on. Hey, you're washing the dishes. But don't hold me responsible for something I don't care about and that's holding us back. And when you were that blunt, like it really hit me that it's true. It's it's what I want. And as a couple, we've not decided that the goal in life is to have a tidy house. The goal in life is to not um you know have clean dishes. So if that means we buy disposable stuff, then so be it. But you giving up time and it being equal, you were very blatant and saying it doesn't make sense. Um, so I think that that's the advice I would give. Like, who actually wants this? And is it a gift to your partner where she's like, it would be so meaningful if you did the dishes for me? Then I think that you can come to an agreement like we do sometimes. Where it's like, okay, I don't really want to do this, but I'll do it and you'll then do something back for me and we'll make each other happy. Um and that was kind of a long waffle, but. That was an incredibly powerful answer. What I'm about to say isn't as powerful, but it's different enough, I think, that it's worth saying. So I would treat the free time that you have as currency. So in our marriage, we treated all monies in as being immediately split in half. And what I've always told people is, if you and I, God forbid, ever were to get a divorce, that you, there will be exactly one word said by me to the divorce attorney, which is half. You get half my shit, like simple as. I get half your shit, simple as. It's like everything that we have, just fucking cut it in half and that's that. Like even if you ran a train on a football team, I'd be like half. Ran a train on the football yeah. team? It's a sexual reference. Oh, <laughs> a couple so, of people are laughing. I'm British, we don't get that joke. <laughs> so it, that to me is like no matter what you did, like, we have built this together. That's just my belief system coming into it. So, because of that, if you treat free time as an equal currency, then the free time should be split in the same manner. So, if they've agreed we're both going to have jobs, and these are the jobs that we're going to have, and one job requires 50 hours a week, and one requires 40, there's already a span of 10 hours that has to be split in half to deal with. So between the two of them, how many hours do we have? How many hours worth of chores? You divvy them up. And so it's not gonna be an equal distribution. The person that has more free time is gonna end up doing more of the chores to make sure that the free time that they both have balance out. Now, if she's like, hey, I want to work towards you getting a job that's 40 hours so it matches mine so that I'm not having to do all the housework, then hey, I'm all for it. But at the end of the day, I think free time literally is a currency. That's exactly what people are mm. paying for. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, and I think you just need to lay everything out. Like, like you said, split it up, jobs. Um, also, one thing, sorry, I know I'm kind of dragging this on a bit, but one more thing I'll add is I will never, like, in your free time where you're like, I have such little free time, like, I, I have recognized now to not fill it with just chores. Like, I see the opportunity of us being able to hang out. Like, this can actually be special time. I'd rather you have paper plates and dirty um, laundry if I get to spend time with you. So...
yeah, that's one little other tidbit. Okay, next. Oh, Olympia Lapointe. What's wow. up, Olympia? What's up, she ran girl? in. My favorite couple. Ah, thank you. Um, keep up the great work, you guys. Love your show. I believe in traditional roles in men and women and respect between each person. What tips do you suggest about women entrepreneurs who are single? What mm. tips in what way? To, do you suggest about women entrepreneurs? I'm not sure. About the role, maybe? Uh, oh, well, so uh, because I'm the worst person in the world to give this advice, I'm going to give it and just maybe in the off chance that it's actually secretly amazing advice. Um, I don't overvalue being in a relationship. So if you really want a relationship, then you're going to have to adjust your schedule accordingly. If, on the other hand, what you really want to do is build your business, and I know you in particular have some big dreams, um, then I wouldn't worry that much about it. So it comes down to what do you want? There are only so many hours in the day. Having a relationship takes time. So you would literally have to dial back some of the entrepreneurial stuff that you're doing in order to make way for a real relationship. And one thing that Lisa and I talk about is at the end of the day, there's just no substitute for proximity. There's no substitute for quality time. Like if you want to have a real relationship, then you've got to make time for that. Yeah, that's true. Um, and the one thing that I actually battled with initially as I started, you know, coming into business and everything was I too believe in traditional roles for men and women um, in regards to like, I want to be the nurturer, to be the loving one. I want you to be the protective one in the family. I want you to be the one that deals with like legal issues when we get sued and spiders. And spiders. Yes, he's, he's the spider killer because um, I'm a total scaredy cat. Um, so it's like I too believe in like these traditional roles and that's just personally we both we both have come together wanting those roles and at the same time here I am wanting to be a female entrepreneur I love empowerment I think women can be badass I think they can be independent um so like I felt in, especially initially there were almost like these two conflicting things within me and I remember sitting down and talking to you about it and you were just always so sweet and open and embraced everything and you're like look like you can be both and you just have to figure out what that means to you um so even when you believe in these traditional roles I don't think that that then means you have to be a super submissive woman in the business place and I don't think that that means you have to just um yeah, that you can't then be a leader or you can't be this, you know, entrepreneur. So, you know, who would agree with you, A, and B has spoken very powerfully on this subject is the CEO of Pepsi, who's a woman from India. Uh, imagine that for a second. She was like, I get so much pressure from my family to like be a good mother and like take care of my children. And what are you doing with all this crazy CEO nonsense? Like, and she had to realize that she couldn't come home and be the boss. Mm -hmm. And so I forget the word she used, so I may be misquoting, but it was something like, take your boss pants off in the garage before you go in the house. And once you go in the house, you're a mom and a wife yeah. and totally different rules of engagement apply. Yeah. And I just thought, I, she's so frank about it and so real. That. She's actually super, super impressive. You would fucking dig her. Hmm. Let's get her on the show. 100% um, in a heartbeat. She's right. already on the list, by the way. She is on the list. All right. Um, all right, so we've got a Would You Rather segment, guys. We're answering. We've never seen the questions, and you guys can answer with us below. All right, Would You Rather. Drum roll, please. Would you rather have a lack of communication or lack of intimacy? Oh, God, they're kind of one and the same. Say what? <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. 
me, when we're communicating, like I feel a level of intimacy with you. I mean, it's not yes, it's not yes. Sexual, but I'm saying like when you're t- yes. so. In fact, last was it not last week in the weekend before we sat down for breakfast like we do every Saturday. It's like my one time with him that's very special, and you spoke for like 30 minutes. Like you didn't even take a breath, and I just looked at you and I was like. Wow. And you're like, yeah, I just spoke a lot, didn't I? And I was so, I felt so connected with you. People would never believe, by the way, that off camera, I don't talk. So he doesn't really talk, yeah. I probably speak to you in our household about husband and wife things, maybe 15 minutes a day, not even that. During the week? Yeah, not even that. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, 
Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. The, well, the uh, greatest well, irony of ironies is because we stopped taking showers together in the morning, you don't talk about household chores anymore because that was the time that you used. <laughs> Which may have had something to do with me no longer. <laughs> like a ten showers. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so you don't think that like communication leads? I mean, is it just a, a female? No, no, no. Thing? Is that uh, just a Lisa thing? No, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. There's a high degree of intimacy in communication for sure. Yeah. The way that word was meant was physical, physical intimacy. Okay. So was it though? Yeah. Otherwise, they really are the same thing. So, yes, I, I would say that um, I'm oh, actually going to take communication. Oh. And, and I think we've had this question before, and it is utterly fascinating that we both answer the same way. Because for me, like as much as the physical aspect is super important, and I've always loved the phrase, women need to feel loved to have sex, and men need to have sex to feel loved. That, and that is so true for me. Um, but even that, like without communication, you don't really know the other person. And I've always been mortified by that, like, oh, they met in World War II and they didn't even speak the same language, but they got married. I'm like, fuck that. Like, that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. 100%. To not have somebody understand the nuance of your being, your soul, nope. Well, we went about four or five days last week um, where, so I have to eat at least three hours before I go to bed due to my digestion, digestion. So sometimes I accidentally eat later and you're like, you go to bed at nine. And so for like th four days, I think in a row, I had to stay up till like nine thirty, ten 10 o'clock. So I couldn't fall asleep in your arms. And after that fourth day, like it, I felt the burn, but I've gone four days without really having a proper chat with you, like on a personal mm. level. And I've never felt like that. So for me, the intimacy of that, like skin to skin, head on your shoulder or, you know, head in your arms, like makes all the difference to me. And I, what I love about these would you rather's is it puts things in context. Like it makes you think about it and go, huh, wow, that really did make a difference. So, you know, now it's like, I'm aware of the fact that I need the mm. intimacy over the communication. So I want to come to you touch you hold your hand just purely for because i've recognized okay i need that so word all right next would you rather would you rather sleep in one sleeping bag on the floor with your partner every night or in a separate bedroom for life sleeping bag separate bedroom <laughs> you must be joking <laughs> hashtag bitch are you for real there is no universe in which I sacrifice my sleep. Because your sleep Absolutely is so precious not. to you. 100%! Plus, we're sleeping. Like, it's not like we're hanging out. Yeah, yeah no We've way. We've been, like, I think at least two weeks um, where I got sick, so he slept in the guest room, and then he got sick, so you slept in the guest room. Yeah. I swear people must have thought we'd, like... I always think big, our cleaner's like, ooh. Yeah, had a big argument. But, this relationship but, has trouble. Yeah, but for you, you were just like, okay, I'll be in the other room. And after a while, I was like... I think I'm better because like <laughs> as I'm coughing. Maybe you have a 103 degree temperature. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, 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 I feel fine. <laughs> because literally like to me, like I start feeling the burn of not. <laughs> I can hear some funny whispering and laughing over here. Um, 
I really do feel the burn. Like if I wake up and like this morning, for instance, Wookie came running in the bedroom. She managed to figure out how, well, you forgot to I put forgot the gate up. I forgot to put the gate up. up. No, so literally, not, does not take a rocket scientist. I know. Okay. So 5.30 in the morning, literally she comes running and you were asleep, I was asleep. And there was just this special moment of like we both cuddled her in bed and then Bonzo came running over and it was like we never do this ever like we never have just five minutes where we've just woken up and we're just chilling in bed with each other and so yeah if we had separate bedrooms that would never happen so that's all I'm saying all right next would you rather would you rather be physically close to your partner but emotionally apart or emotionally close and physically apart forever wow she threw in that word this feels like the intimacy communication one yeah so I'll say my same answer. All right. So let's say it's still forever for three months. Yeah, it's still emotionally close. <laughs> <gotta be. laughs> like you can't. You don't get to edit. I'm being told that I can't this change the question. Optional. All right, guys, submit your answers there. Um, yeah. So I think ultimately it'd have to be physically close to you. Um, all right. Next fan question, and this is from Tarek Vec Clark. How long did it take you to adjust your lifestyles to also favor and support each other? I think we were pretty good about that from the bounce, to be honest. The one thing I will say, through all of the early years of stupidity and insecurity, we wanted, both of us wanted the other person to win. Like, I legitimately wanted you to be happy, and I was willing to change myself to help facilitate that. I was very willing for you to be evolving as a person, even when that meant that I was going to have to change the way that I perceived you. And I think a lot of the good things in our life come from that. Like when you really, really, actually in your heart of hearts experience joy just from seeing that person happy, then a lot of other things will come out in the wash. Hmm. If, on the other hand, they trigger your insecurities, they make you jealous, you're insecure, like, and you're not entirely sure that you want them to shine brighter than you, problems arise from that but then you also think that that could be partly because your own insecurities it's entirely your own insecurities so it's not that you necessarily don't want good for other people it's but, just yes but what i'm saying is specifically something where even though you have those insecurities you still want that other person mm. to shine because one of the things that made me keep myself in check and the the most obvious example of this was Quest. When you went from, you were laying out my clothes, you were setting my food out, like you just took care of me. And then it became, you were becoming a true female entrepreneur and just like learning to grind and having your own goals and objectives that had nothing to do with me. And in that, you became much more strong, you became more independent, and so suddenly all the ways that invisibly I was getting like this uplifting vibe from you that I was like your hero and never said, I just felt like that. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like, you were your own hero. And I remember thinking, how could I ever for even a second want you to shine less brightly to make me shine brighter? And I was like, that, that would be so shitty to ask you not to become the ultimate version of yourself. Like that would be so gross, I could never look myself in the eye. And so because of that, it was like, well, fuck yeah. Like I want her to be happy. I want her to shine. I want her to become the most amazing version of herself. And if that means that I have to sleep in a barn and shovel shit, then that's what I'm gonna do. And so that was very um, easy in terms of that was all I needed to then do the processing and do all the work in the world 
to make sure that you had the room to become your own person, your own bright shining star, to support you the way that you'd supported me. But it was that, that realization was the thing that gave me that insight. Mm. But what about when you saw me change in, like, because you had said to me, you'd pointed out, which I felt, but I never really articulated it. You had said to me at one point, you pulled me aside and you're like, you've hardened. And you actually were like, you need to be careful of that, that it doesn't like harden you completely. 100%. So, I mean, you're in advanced class shit now, but like... I think we can handle it. One of the things that, and it's, it was probably easier to see it in you than it was to see in myself, but one of the things that scares me in myself is I know in my own journey I've gotten hardened. Mm. And so there's very much, and I know that look, when you go to somebody and you need compassion and they just don't have any. And I know that people have come to me in those moments and I've had none for them. Because like some part of you in this process, you get kicked so many times that you've got to just toughen the fuck up. And so you forget sometimes that people are in different parts of their journey and they're not there yet. And so you give them the look that you would give yourself, not out of malice at all, just out of like fucking toughen up. And so seeing that look in your eyes, that sometimes was hard and I don't think is beneficial. And I don't cherish that in myself. And I don't think, oh yeah, you're so tough now, motherfucker. I think that is, there's such a fine line where that becomes a liability. Mm. Like you need to get tough to a certain point and then you can't lose sight of the beauty of compassion. Yeah. But the fact that you pointed it out to me at the time really allowed me to go, yeah, this could keep going or you need to like draw back and just say, okay, there's times to be tough. There's times that you need to be strong and not crumble and there's other times where you need to be sweet compassionate loving caring and make sure like it you know if you had a shitty day or whatever i need to bring down my um harshness and just be there for you but we had to work through that that didn't just come naturally 100 all right next question this is from jen uh jenny sabo sabo sorry jenny sabo sure I thought the relationship I'm in would work out and I'd fall in love with this man who is now living with me. I just don't have that feeling of in love. I'm actually bored to death with him. Although he's not a bad guy, I just don't love him and we have nothing to talk about. I feel kind of trapped, but I don't want to hurt his feelings. We are in our late 50s. Kids are gone. I want to have fun and have good, smart conversations. What should I do? Fucking break up! This is, this is crazy. So Janie, I'm going to give you exactly what you need to hear. What you're saying with all the compassion in my heart is so crazy. If that's how you feel, you've only got two choices. One, fix the fucking relationship and get it back and the spark and the, the love, the joy, the passion, the fire, the intimacy, the fun, or get the fuck out. Like, this is crazy. There is no moral obligation to be in a relationship. I want to be really fucking clear about that. You have no obligation to be in a relationship with anyone, no matter how much history you have. And let me tell you, you are not doing him any service. You're not protecting his feelings by bullshitting him. Because chances are, he feels that distance. He is not satisfied in the relationship. He may be thinking the exact same thing that you're thinking. He doesn't want to hurt your feelings. So... Lisa and I play a game called Selfish Desire. Be fucking honest. Tell this guy exactly where you're at. Don't be a bitch about it. Be as like kind and compassionate as you can. You've got to be honest for your own sake and for his. And what if he pushes back? 
I mean, God bless him. Like, maybe he will. But what the fuck does that matter? Like, she's not living life for him. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. Like, honestly, and I'm, I'm using harsh language right now, and I would meet this moment with so much compassion, and my heart would bleed. She clearly does not want to hurt his feelings. That's why she said that. She's willing to literally sacrifice her whole life because she's afraid she's going to hurt his feelings. So I get it. Like, she does not want bad things for this guy. But whether he pushes back or not is irrelevant if she does not want to move forward with him. It is like, I am so sorry that I'm breaking your heart right now. And I fully recognize that. And I recognize that it's a shitty situation. And I wish that it wasn't this way. But I've got to live my life. And I want to go explore this. And that's, that's the truth. Like, look, if she said, I really want to make this work, fuck yeah, I love it. I'm in and I think it's doable. But if she's saying, no, it, it just isn't the person. And I've had enough years to know this isn't the fit for me. There's no reason to to make that work. Like if you don't want to make it work, like th this is the thing I cannot get people to understand. What, according to like what proclamation are you making decisions? To me, there's exactly one thing. You should be aiming at fulfillment. I, I usually use the word goal, right? But your goal, the whole purpose of your goal is fulfillment. So fulfillment often comes from suffering. It often comes from doing the hard thing. It's about going out and discovering yourself. Now, if you want to do it with this person, that's fucking amazing. But there, there is absolutely no empirical law out there saying you've got to make this relationship work. You need to be in a relationship. Like she's very articulate about what she wants. Mm. Go after it, man. Go after it. This is it. This is your one life. You got one shot. She knows what she wants. Go make it happen. But if I was her also, I would go into it knowing like, okay, I could very possibly lose his friendship. He could like say, um, like hate me after Who this. Who the fuck cares? No, I know, I know. I'm just saying like, I would prepare myself for that. I would still do it, but I would prepare myself for that as a, almost like a, def not defense mechanism, but just to protect myself and going, okay, I, I don't want to be surprised. So if I sit him down and I'm like, look, this isn't working out. And he starts crying. Yep. Like I... I may then crumble and like somehow end up staying with him. So I would just prepare myself that this is the worst case. Like he may crumble, he may push back, he may try to convince me, but I'm gonna make sure that I stay my ground, I stay strong because I know, like you said, she's very articulate on what she wants. So she will, you know, stick to her ground and basically, yeah, and so on. Um, all right, next question. Oh, and guys, before I forget, if we're bringing you value, please click that share button. Share. I think it's down below. Click the share button, guys, if you think that, oh, to the right, to the left. <laughs> but, um, and you shake it all about. Yeah. I feel like we're playing the hokey pokey here. Hokey. But if we are bringing you guys value, our goal is to be able to reach many people. So if you can click that share button, that would be so appreciated. And on to the next question. All right. So this is from, you say the name, I'm going to butcher that. Sarab Kanduri. All right. Hello, you guys. I admire you a lot. My real question to you guys is, how do I make my partner understand that her dream's not big enough and she needs to give it a lot of thinking? Do I have to leave her if she is getting in the way of grinding? Interesting. I want her to transform, but she doesn't get it that way. P.S. You guys are super sexy together. I love you from India. Well, love right back to you, India. And I'm going to say you've made a lot of assumptions in your question that I think step number one for you is going to be to break those down. So... If you believe in dreaming big and having something that you want to go after in your life, that doesn't mean that your partner has to feel that same way. And I think that um, if you want a partner that feels that way, by the way, by all means, 
make that happen in your life, either with her or with somebody else. But I just want to make it clear that that's not a prerequisite for a functioning relationship. It needs to be something that's authentic to your partner. Um, and I think that the more you make her feel less than uh, for not having a big goal, the less likely she is to get a big goal. Because really, she's just going to be trying to please you. And some people, what they want is like a, a calm, stress-free life. Now, if she's asking you to work less, then that becomes a problem. But if, like I'm imagining a world where she's supportive of your dream, she's excited for what you're building, she's there to help facilitate that, she's not in any way, shape, or form trying to slow you down, she just doesn't mirror your personality, which I think is absolutely fine. And when we got together, you weren't actively pursuing your dream. So you had a dream, but it was like, it wasn't a driving force it in your like, life. It wasn't like, this is what I'm gonna do, this is how I'm gonna get there. It was like, I'll be this. Right. So, and in the beginning, that really bothered me. And I used to push her like, come on, take art classes, like go do something, yeah. write, work on your film. Because I wanted her to mirror back what I valued in myself. Mm. And then I thought about it like, why am I putting all this pressure on her that doesn't make a lot of sense? So like, what's the life she wants to live? And then she started living that life and she became the CEO of Bill U Industries and it was about helping facilitate what I was doing. And then we connected just as husband and wife to people trying to understand where each other are and being able to lean on and share with and just like enjoy each other. And it was amazing. And then she really found her dream, created her dream, I prefer to say, at Quest, became an entrepreneur, went after it, and now she's like going harder than ever. She just pulled me aside today. She's got this big vision for something she's trying to make come true. And it's like, I love that just as much as I loved when she was living a more stress-free life, experience, or expressing herself through her art, expressing herself through facilitating what I was working on. Like, neither one of them is better. So my only question is, what's authentic to her? And then, how do I want to engage? So I'm guessing you want to engage with your partner as a partner and not a uh, fellow entrepreneur. So we said, do I have to leave her if she's getting in my way of grinding? Yeah, like if he wants to grind and she's fucking him up and saying, don't do that, spend more time, whatever, and he doesn't value that, then 100% they need to break up. So what's your value? What do you want out of her? What does she want out of you? You got to make sure that there's alignment there. But I just want to make sure <clears throat> that we don't assume that people have to approach mm -hmm. life the same way that we do. I think there are values that need to be shared. Like if you didn't value my hustle, if you didn't value my ambition, that would be a problem. If I just made you feel bad or guilty or... But you don't have to want to grind with me. Right. Yeah, that's a very good point. I feel like I cut you off though. No. Oh. All that right. was it. That was good advice. Um, okay, next question is from Tab Tabitha Dragonberry. Technically. Dragonberry. Yeah, nope, sorry. Oh, it's like the vodka. The Dragonberry flavor of vodka. I don't think it's vodka, but yeah. Bacardi, Wrong. apparently. Well, oh, so we don't drink enough. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we don't drink enough. Um, all right, sorry, Tabitha. Um, I have hardened too much over the years. How do you lighten up when needed? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, God, how did I um, loosen up? So I think, in fact, I had to come to terms with there's different parts of my personality. I feel like I wear different hats. So sometimes like when I'm with the puppies, I have to be mum. When I'm with the husband, I have to be wife. When I'm at work, I have to be the boss. Um, so I, I kind of have like these different hats that I wear. 
And I really sat down and thought about, okay, what are the things that I want to encompass in this role? Because there's different parts of me. I'm, I can laugh, I can be silly, but I can also be very harsh and I can be strict and I can, um, you know, be very, um, focused. So how do I separate these things? Do I need to separate these things? And so for me, it was like breaking that down. Okay. So when am I hard? What is those situations? How would I have dealt with them differently looking back at them? So if you say that you've hardened over the years, pull up an example. Like what is one example that you can think of right now that you were really hard on and maybe reflect, say, well, how should I have handled it if I was to soften? Um, and so I kind of break things down like that and then remind myself of that when I'm in that position again. So if I'm the wife and Wookie's barking and I'd like... <laughs> so right now um, you're the mom. I'm the mom, yeah. Um, I'm a bit of a softie. <clears throat> and so if she does something naughty, um, you he looks at me and he was like, I can't believe you just let her get away. And I was like, oh, but she didn't mean to. You know, but let me tell you, if like if that's a work situation, I would not be that easygoing for a fuck up. So I've got low power mode, but we're good. Um, Doesn't it eventually just shut off? It's 20 minutes, it lasts. Okay. Longer than that, but... um, So yeah, so I embrace that there's different parts of my personality and I figured out when is an appropriate time to be a certain part of that personality come out and when it's not. So for instance, if I know that you're coming to me as the wife and you're looking for compassion, I'll switch off that part of the brain that may be critical, that may want to give advice, that may say, well, look, you, you know, I know you fucked up. I saw you do it. Like, I'll just shut that part of me down and say, right now, he needs me to be compassionate. And so right now, all anything that comes out of my mouth has to be compassion. Then once we've kind of like spoken through, I've given the compassion. If he asks me, okay, what do you actually think? Then I can be honest in a much more strategic way than just be like, what the fuck? You need to get to it. That's my answer. Do you have anything take away? No, I I think that breaking it down to each moment in time, each person has a different way to respond. And I think just cultivating that softness, like remembering it, what what does it feel like? How do you embody Mm, it mm. so that you can channel it in the right moments? And it's a process of, of building that new behavior. So if you're used to just letting yourself slide into harsh mode, Instead of focusing just on breaking that down, just think about building back up mm. the how readily available that soft, compassionate side. Because hopefully you're not faking it; like you're actually able to to channel right. that emotion. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, next question. Oh, this is the last question. This is from David Beer. Do you think it's because women in entrepreneurial circumstances step into their masculine? their masculine that they forget to come back to their masculine yeah that they forget to come back to their femininity um i don't know if you forget but it's kind of like an analogy i give is like a car right you've got the gears you don't ever go from like i gotta have it's been a while since i've driven a a gear shift but like number four to number one you never drop down unless of course you're crazy driver and you want to speed like you have to do it slowly one by one and for me that's actually what i had to do and especially when we're at quest i had that driving period from leaving work to then coming home and it kind of allowed me to put on either music or a podcast or a book or something like that to bring me back out of that headspace um because i do feel like there's a transition um and now that we work from home like i actually um because we at our dynamic is slightly different like you just work even more than you ever used to um i have that time in the bedroom to 
um, you know, watch TV or whatever it is like that's going to bring me down to then let go of that business side of me. And then I like, I think there's different things like I'll get into my pajamas and then when you come in, like we'll kiss each other on the lips. So there's like these little things along the way that allow me to then slip, go back into my feminine mode. Um, and sometimes it doesn't always work and sometimes I fail at it miserably. Um, but I think it's about being aware of that because I do embody, I really do feel like I embody both the masculine side to me, which definitely comes out when I'm in the gym, like I'm hardcore, um, then at work and then coming back to being a wife and a mum. Yeah, I mean, I'll just give it to you from a neural network standpoint. Um, and the, the very short answer to your question is yes. I think that's exactly what's happening. People are learning now that they don't have to fit a specific gender role and, and what we define as masculine is often confidence, assertiveness, aggression, and those are mm. fucking awesome traits. Mm. And anybody that learns how to do them intelligently is, is actually going to go farther. Um, and they've done studies where it's like, if you teach somebody how to be more aggressive and more assertive, they're gonna end up getting paid more. And so some of the traditional roles that women are shoehorned into from a feminine perspective, and I say shoehorned because I think some guys find themselves very naturally in a more feminine role and in interacting with people in a very tender and um, nurturing way. And I think some women find it very natural and, and just suits their personality to be more dominant, domineering, aggressive, assertive. Um, and so I think as the, the more traditional roles break down, um, that we will find some women just really fucking dig being in that zone. Um, and so, yeah, when you get somebody who, um, has traditionally been feminine and they strengthen their neural network of masculinity, then it, it just gets easier and easier over time to get into that mode and to stay in that mode. Um, and then if they're letting the feminine neural networks atrophy and they're not sliding back into that and embodying sort of nurturing softer characteristics, um, then they may find it harder and harder over time. I'm not passing a value judgment on one or the other. Mm. Uh, I'm just saying it does dramatically impact the nature of your relationship. So if you're in a relationship that have traditional, one is uh, masculine energy, one is feminine energy, and then suddenly one of you switches polarity, um, I think that that could be really problematic. So not better or worse, just problematic for a relationship. Yeah. All right, cool. That was the last question. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. This oh, was we'll, we'll live on Tuesday oh, next week. We'll Tuesday next week. Cause <laughs> uh, um, so I guess you're out of town or something and we're doing it on Tuesday. So, next Wednesday. Next. Yeah. Anybody in the DC area? Uh, so I will be in the DC area. On Wednesday. So, so this is going to be live on Tuesday, which is why when you turn on notifications. There it is. All right. Turn on notifications. We'll go live as soon as we can. And if you've got any questions, you can send questions also um, Ooh, yeah. either. Uh, so email us at connect at impacttheory.com. There it is. Submit your questions. All right. Word. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for joining Thanks. us. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And as she said, if we added value, please do share. Until next time, be legendary, my friends. Peace. Later. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.